for mine is can't. I had that, that one. Was mine. <laughs> and there was a period of time, a good long period of time where I just did not like my business. And I felt like I couldn't change anything. And so that just kind of became like a almost a prison because I felt like mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything about how mm -hmm. things were. What was freeing for me is that I did have the power to change things. I didn't have to accept things the way that they were. There's so much can't everywhere. People are getting rejected from commercial publishing deals and people don't think they're good enough to write anything, let alone publish something and all that sort of thing. So I had a lot of similar doubts for myself. And so when you I mean exactly what you were saying, Mr. Shahara, is just, when you stop saying you can't and start talking more about how you can. When I sat and just thought about it, can't showed up on my list too. And what I wrote here was that all things are possible, how is the question? Hey, it's Candace. And you're listening to Socially Correct, a roundtable show from Black women talking to Black women. Because we all have our own perspectives, right? And we're women in business and Black women in business. We can be unique, but we bring it. So enjoy the show. What's up, Facebook fam? This is your girl, Lakeisha Mosley. I am your chaos coordinator and digital event strategist for the LM Experience. Tonight, I'm with my girl, of course, Miss Candace Spears, for another episode of Socially Correct. Yes, ma'am. And it is going to be a good one. I am Candace Spears, entrepreneur, mom, marketer, coach to corporate women who are ready to leap into full time entrepreneurship and investor and i am super excited keisha about our guest that uh i've had a chance to chat with just a little bit before the show that i'm so, with okay that's okay that's okay this is life we are here for life on the show right now yes so let's have our guests introduce themselves tanisha how about we start with you all right hi my name is tanisha l curtis and I am the CEO of Volo Press Books and Writer Works. And Volo Press is an editorial firm. So we help people get their stories out into the world, get them published. Um, we do cover design, outlining, screenwriting, just the whole shebang. Like whatever literary thing you need help with, we are there for you. Nice. Shahara, how about you? Uh, yes, yeah, so I am a business law attorney. I work with nonprofits and um, for-profit and small businesses. Um, I do day-to-day -day legal advice for businesses. So I act as general counsel for small businesses and nonprofits. Um, do a lot of different things in the area of business law, um, IP, reviewing contracts, formations, all that good stuff. Um, and that's what I do. Nice. Well, ladies, welcome. We're excited to have you. And um, the topic for today, so for everybody watching, <clears throat> and this is going to get this, I think this is going to be a good one, as with any show. But the topic is three words that I never say as a female business owner. Yes. Now, before we start talking about these words and having words flying everywhere, like just for a second, like I, I actually took a step back and said, okay, 
let me try that. You know, we Keisha and I prepare things right for the guests because you guys bring all the wisdom to the show and we just like to, you know, bring it out. I sat and I said, hmm, some of this feels challenging, but some of it feels easy. First off, and just thinking about three words, was this a hard thing to think about or was it easy for you to? Well, I had done a a, a, a post, a, um, a blog post about something similar to this like years ago, a couple years ago, um, where I said things I said I wasn't going to say anymore that I'm still challenged not to actually say. So my words aren't things that I don't ever say. <laughs> They're things that I'm working on not to say um, and, and not to kind of have in my my aura and, you know, in my vocabulary, um, or at least the way that I use them aren't um, in a negative capacity. Mm, mm. How about you, Tanisha? Um, I would say, yeah, moderately difficult it, just because of the word limit, you know, <laughs> it's like, gosh, three, just three. Okay, cool. Uh, and so um, I think I got it. But yeah, I mean, it was just tough on that aspect of like, gosh, there's so many things that we say to ourselves, that we say to each other, that I could flag as like, we need to just take that out of the lexicon completely. <laughs> but so with just three, I was like, okay, I, I, I think I got something that kind of fits. I forgot, like you deal with words for a living. So this yeah. was probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Life, I used to be a, a licensed psychotherapist, so that oh, like wow. self talk and all of that <laughs> is part of that. So, yeah, both of those fields were coming together like, hmm, what kind of things do we not want to ever say? So, yeah, right. this is about to get deep. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> first word, just one word, one word from your list. What is it? From mine is can't. Mm -hmm. I had that one. That was good. Wow. Wow. That's funny. Okay. All right. So talk a little bit about can't. Well, you know, there was, you know, a time, um, you know, in my practice, I, I've been practicing for 22 years, um, have owned my business for 20 years. And there was a period of time, a good long period of time where I just did not like my business. I was not happy, um, was not happy with how it was going. And I felt like I couldn't change anything. Like I, I can't, nothing's going to change. I can't change it. I, 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 things are just the way they are. And so that just kind of became like a, almost a prison because I felt like mm -hmm. I couldn't do anything about how mm -hmm. things were. Um, mm -hmm. So what was freeing for me, and this, this is kind of recent, um, not, you know, probably in the last couple of years is that I did have the power to change things. I didn't have to accept things the way that they were. Um, I was in control of the situation. And if I didn't want it to be that way, I could just stop. And that was very freeing for me because I didn't feel like I could. Um, and so can't in that sense was, you know, it's almost like you, you, you're stuck here and you're not going anywhere because you can't go anywhere else. You can't do anything different. It has to be this way. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. What about for you, Tanisha? Was it the same thing? Pretty much just the idea that well, as far as me getting started with this business and leaving psychotherapy, um, like 
there's so, especially in this industry, there's so much can't everywhere. People are getting rejected from commercial publishing deals and people don't think they're good enough to write anything, let alone publish something and all that sort of thing. So I had a lot of similar doubts for myself. And so when you stop, I mean, exactly what you were saying, Mr. Shahara, is just when you stop saying you can't and start talking more about how you can, like maybe, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So maybe, you know, plan A is not going to work out, but maybe plan C is. But if you don't try because can't is staring you in the face, then, you know, it's really hard to get anywhere. So, yeah, I, mean, I think you said it beautifully. <laughs> you know, that's funny. And I just think about the times when I do connect with Keisha and we may talk about something and it's like, oh, we want to do this or maybe we want to do this or so much going on or that's going on or this is not going on. You know, there's so much going on. And I like Tanisha how you brought out that house for that because can't, when I sat and just thought about it, can't showed up on my list too. And what I wrote here was that all things are possible. How is the question? And so I like that you brought that out because I think that's what a lot of, especially when you think about new entrepreneurs, um, right. even those that aren't new, right? Um, that sometimes you get so caught up in, oh, I can't really do that. Or you may not even say the words, but you feel it. Like it's exactly. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I look at it from from my point of view. I've been in the game for years, but I'm now full time. I left a cushy retail grocery store manager position, guaranteed money every single week to be a full time entrepreneur. So there were a lot of camps for me coming up like, oh, well, you can't do this. And oh, well, maybe you're not good enough for that. Like Tanisha and Shahara both talked about, like, you just kind of inundated. I know in our sessions, like you really, you know, you pump me up on some of those things. I'm like, man, this is getting to be too much. Like, ain't nobody tell me that these internet streets was like this. <laughs> things like that. But that, but it's, it, it's again, like, how? No, I may not can do it that way but I can do it another way. And Tanisha, it's funny you say you're a psychotherapist because one of my good friends, she is one and she specializes in anger. And so sometimes oh. when I'm like, what, I'm over these clients like that. She's like, just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's so funny because I'm like, why are you so calm? Like, didn't I just tell you what they did? <laughs> You ought to be angry with you, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you need grounded friends like Candace and her that are like, listen, it ain't that bad, dog. Like, <laughs> chill out, you know. So I think even in this pandemic, even our seasoned ones were like, I can't do that no more. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do that. But obviously, Candace, I'm a testament of can because I took in-person event and pivoted to virtual. So right. now you can do that event just virtually. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And you know what? Let me just, since you went to that, you went to that, that piece, Lakeisha, about during the pandemic. So Shahar and Tanisha, have you all, you know, even though you know, that's the thing. When you know in your core, like, okay, this needs to stay out of my vocabulary. Every right. once in a while, <laughs> it just creeps in. Like, have you found during the pandemic, maybe even certain words that have, 
crept in that you're like, uh-uh, mm-mm, get away, get back out. <laughs> mm. That's a good one. I mean, go ahead, I don't know. I'm going to monopolize the conversation, but you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that there would be words that crept in. I mean, I remember having a conversation with one of my friends, business friends, and he just called to see how I was doing. And I, and the first word that I came to my mind was blessed. And I, it was uh, during a period like right when you know the shutdown happened. For me, working with businesses, you know, they weren't they were calling, but they nobody have any money or if they did, they didn't want to spend it because they didn't know what was going to happen. So I had a good six to eight weeks where I had no money coming in at all whatsoever because everybody kind of was still at a halt. But I was still working. But I said I was blessed because, you know, all my family was OK. Nobody was sick. Um, I, I wasn't sick. Um, I mean, I had moved my business. I mean, I have an office, but I have been working from home for the last, you know, three years, um, exclusively, you know, just going to my office to meet clients every, every now and again, I already had zoom. I already had a lot of things put in place. So the transition really was not that difficult for me. Um, so it really didn't, I really didn't struggle that much when it first hit. I think where I'm struggling now isn't so much, you know, with words that are creeping in, but things that I've all had said to myself before. I had just been um, talking to a group of friends too about mindset, which is a thing I had been working on for a while, but really truly saying, okay, you know, do I deserve to have more? Do I deserve to, you know, be able to reach the heights that I have, you know, trying to remind myself of those things because I don't have, you know, my cheer group around me <laughs> on a consistent basis that I have to remind myself of those things. So it's, I don't feel like it's been like that I've had negative words that kind of creep up or things there. Those are things that have always been there, but I think I'm more aware of it than I had been before because it's so quiet around me that I have to do it myself, which is pushing me to be my own cheerleader in a way that I hadn't been before. Mm -hmm. I don't know why the song, who is it by? Is it by Kiki Sheard? Sometimes you need to encourage yourself. Is that by Kiki Sheard? I don't know who says that. I know what song you're talking about, but I'm not sure. That just came in my mind as you were talking. And so, like, just a side note, and I'm not going to get on my mindset kick, because you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just a side note, I think that is so, it's so real about the, you know, you want to, if you're going to keep yourself in a certain place or propel to a certain place, that requires some intention and work. Definitely. You know what I mean? And knowing what's possible. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Now, Tanisha, has there been anything for you before we go to the second word? Anything for you during this pandemic that's kind of crept in that you want to get out? I mean, that was the problem is that that I want to get out. Like, because our because we had always done everything online just for the sake of being able to reach more people. You know, I'm a small business. Well, at the time I was doing it by myself and nobody knows who I am. So I can't see, just like that. <laughs> oh, so it's not helpful <laughs> for me. <laughs> exactly, throw it away. It's, it's not okay. helpful for me to limit myself to just, you know, the people that are in my physical proximity. Um, so I've always set everything up online. So then when COVID hit, 
everybody didn't have anything else to do. They weren't going to work. They weren't going to schools. So I'm like, you know, that manuscript that I've been thinking about writing. And it was like, oh, okay, I don't know if I can do all of this. And so then I had to start hiring people and it was fine. It was a little overwhelming for that split second, but I knew, I was like, you know what? I know a lot of really good contractors, people that I can team up with. I know they're going to be looking for money. You know what I'm saying? Looking for jobs and stuff. So if I have people coming to me, we're just going to team up and make it work. And that's what's been going on. Um, so yeah, like <laughs> that's pretty much it. I can't think off the top of my head of anything that I was trying to push out too much. I mean, can't and the other words on my list is one of those things where it's like they're always with you, but it's mm -hmm. up to you to make sure that they don't take control of what you're trying to do, right? They're there, okay, let them sit in the corner, but focus on what you're trying to do so that you know you can make your dreams come true in spite of them. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. So what about the second word on your list? Mine was must. Must. Hmm. Did you have that? I heard that a while. Oh, no. I was going to say again. Okay. I was about to know. I find that interesting, but no, it wasn't on my list, though. No. What's your second word, Charlie? Broke. Okay. Broke. Okay. So let, let's start with must. Let's start with must. Tanisha, talk about that one. Okay. Um, well, that one is, it. I mean, I've experienced it here, you know, in um, the publishing industry, but it does harken back to my days as an addictions counselor. And there's so many times when people fall into these patterns of behavior that it seems like things that they just have to do. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you just, you must do X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z, right? So the same thing is true for a lot of stuff in the publishing industry. People are like, oh, well, I must. Uh-oh, did we? She's uh -oh, did we what happened? Oh, no, you were going to miss the good part, girl. Go back. I was just going like. So no, I was saying, okay, so I was saying that um, a lot of people, for example, think that the only way to get their book published is through a commercial publisher, right? So they'll find a literary agent, they work on the manuscript over and over and over again ad nauseum. They may get some hits from some commercial publishers, but ultimately they're normally rejected for a very long time. We're talking close to a decade before they actually ever get a deal, right? If they do, that's not guaranteed. So when you think that way, I must publish through a commercial publisher, you cut yourself off this awesome option that we have called independent publishing, right? Where you just go and you, you hire professionals for the things you do need but you don't have to wait on somebody else to tell you that they're going to publish your stuff. You go and you get it done. Right. So I spend a lot of time in my, you know, I do online classes and stuff related to this because I want people to know that it's not, I must do it anyway. I want you to know you have options. I want you to be empowered. I, I don't want you to ever feel like I have to do it this way, or there's just no other option because that, diminishes your dream and it diminishes your tools. And that is, that's a tough place to be in when you don't think you have any power at all. 
So it's that whole obligation, <clears throat> that whole obligation thing. Like I must, it must happen this way. It must, it must be this exactly. thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And that, that's one that can be applied to a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just, just as I think about it. Now, Shahara, so your, so I had one on my list that was similar to yours, but maybe you can call it the sister-in-law or the cousin or something. It was expensive. Um, but talk to us about okay. broke. I feel like broke is a mindset. Um, and I think I had to stop saying, you know, I'm broke. Um, you know, and I felt like I was just being real, like, you know, but I realized I was kind of perpetuating that, you know, that, that type, you know, I'm broke, you know, and I don't have this and I don't have that. And that was just kind of recalling my, my existence and, and, and saying things that, um, really should not be my, my, it may be in my immediate experience, but that's not my story. So then I had to really change how I relayed my economic situation in a way that's that's temporary, but not my static place of being, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Not, something, yeah. not something that restricted, not something that restricted you when I say restricted you. Because mentally, here I go. Because <laughs> mentally, right, we can place ourselves in our own prisons. Mm -hmm. We do create those realities, right? So you continue to, to, to feel that, you know, oh, well, I'm broke, even though the reality is it's just a temporary thing. It just continues to go and go, reinforce and reinforce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had expensive mm. and Probably if you would have asked me like, I don't know, a year ago, this probably wouldn't have been on my list, <laughs> but it made the list. And let me just let me just say why. So one of the things that I've come to really realize as a business owner is, you know, first off, expensive is all relative. Right. It's all relative. Right. right. But. When you think about it, it's not so much about, oh, what's the price tag, but rather like, well, what is the return I'm going to get when I buy this? Mm -hmm. exactly. Do you know what I mean? And that, I don't know if, if for anybody else, like looking <coughs> at return than price tag has become an important part of your business somewhere along the line, but I know it has for me. Mm -hmm. the only one? Me you're right. Yeah, it definitely returned. I, I never thought about it in a sense of mm -hmm. the word expensive. Like it doesn't, you know, we all kind of have our little triggering words. Um, and, and so, you know, for me, the word doesn't really have any negative or positive vibe. Um, but I do understand what you're saying totally, because I was just um, thinking about it was some somebody, I don't know, the conversation was about a Birkin bag. And I thought to myself, there's no way. I don't even know how much a Birkin bag costs, but I just know that, that I can't even imagine how much money I have where I would be willing to pay whatever kind of money that is for a Birkin bag. I could mm -hmm. find a thousand things that I would rather pay for. Um, and so, but it's just a matter of what you'd be willing to spend that money on, right? A hundred dollars for a pair of shoes may be a waste for somebody, 
But for somebody else, that same hundred dollars is like, oh yeah, I don't have a problem with paying a hundred dollars for shoes. But then they might mm -hmm. somebody else be paying, you know, a hundred dollars to get their hair done. They think it's a waste, you know. And for somebody else, it's not a big deal. So everybody kind of has their thing about how and what they're willing to spend money on. Um, and it doesn't make it good or bad. It's just the reality is, is that what we value um, it matters yeah. in that sense. My pastor always says. Um, you know, if you take a look at um, your checkbook, right? You take a look at your account. Checkbook's an old term, but you know, you take a look at your account, right? And you can see what you value most because what you value most is what you spend your money on. And so that's something that always sticks with me. It's like you can see, you know, if you go through your transactions, what you value because what you spend your money on is going to be what you value. Yeah, I think you said a key word when you said value because. You know, sometimes we get in this mindset or this whole thing of shaming people for what they spend money on. Mm -hmm. And that's not our business. See, you need to mind the business that pays you. So, <laughs> honestly, I have several Louis Vuitton bags. You know, I think I have two. But that's what I wanted to spend my money on. Right. Do I want to spend the same amount of money on your course? Maybe not. Because it may not be a value to me. That's right. not to say that your stuff isn't valuable or not to say that I don't have my parties in the right. right. That's mm -hmm. what I chose to do. So I think sometimes it's a fine line between that. You said the word value, which really like kind of like put it in a different perspective for me. I may not see the value in your $1,700 course, but I did see it in the $1,700 bag. That's right. just what you <laughs> You know? Yeah. I shouldn't be shamed or Whatever we do sometimes to people for doing those things. It's just right. Because know, it may not be valuable to you, right? Like I it may not be valuable to me to have a Louis Vuitton, you know, purse, but it may be valuable to me to have this course. Doesn't mean that one is wrong, right? Like it right. just means what it means to me, which I think, yeah, it, it does matter. And it and I think that connects to business as well as that, you know, we we pay for what we value. Right. Um, and you know, there's some things I'm like, you know, people say, Well, you need this, and I'm like, Yeah, I'm not willing to pay for that, you know, that's just not something I'm trying to do. And if right. I may need it, but I don't want it, so you know, I'm just not that's gonna do true. that. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? This feels like um, a good, almost like teachable moment. I recognize I sound like a nerd when I say that, but this feels like a good teachable moment, especially for those newer entrepreneurs. Um, so I'm always talking about sales, right? And with my clients that, that help corporate women to leap into full-time entrepreneurship. And so I'm always talking about sales. And one of the things that's always important to know in sales, like when the conversation doesn't land in, okay, let's do the deal. Oftentimes it's because they didn't see the value in the thing that you were offering. If it was a fit to begin with. Right. And so just this very nature of conversation, I think for everybody that's listening, that's on that entrepreneurial journey, that's something to continue to keep in mind, right? It's not necessarily like, oh, I need to go back and start over, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. No, they just don't see the value. I mean, unless your offer is horrible, but that's a whole, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and I mean, I if, and I mean, if, <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, especially in, in what I do. I mean, you know, there's thousands of attorneys everywhere. I say you can bump into about five of them, you know, when you turn a corner. Um, you know, we all have different price points. We all have different things that we do. Um, and then there's clients that value having an attorney, you know, on board. Um, some don't. Um, you know, you got people that want to kind of ha haggle you down. And I'm like, you know, no, listen, I've been practicing for 20 years. If that's you want a lower price point, you can go get, you know, a less experienced attorney and not that they bad, but, you know, they'll charge less. It's just not going to be me. And you have to be able to stick for that. And I think that that's just important to know um, in terms of that, you know, yeah, there's going to be people who value you know, things differently. And that's okay. Um, right. There's nothing wrong or, you know, right or wrong with it. I mean, you do have to be in line. There is a, a thing about market, obviously, and that you do have to be in line with the market um, in terms of pricing and all that kind of stuff. But that's a whole different conversation, like you said, with your awful, you know, that's a whole conversation. But, right. you know, People, you know, people who are willing to say, okay, I'm willing to pay, you know, five, 10 grand for my attorney to be on retainer versus somebody's like, you know, I don't want to pay you 750 to review, you know, um, a contract. That's okay, you know, and right. you just know that that's just not for you. Right. That's right. true. I mean, but some stuff too, y'all, is common sense. So, you know, we know attorney, you know, service fees cost a range we know tanisha in your realm there's a range now for instance you know now the big thing is trademark and somebody tell me oh girl i found somebody can trademark 250 what come on i'm gonna trademark my stuff for 250 because i already know that you, you know like some stuff just makes sense all that time oh i can publish your book for 200 no ma'am no ma'am what you talking about because what i didn't research then told me, you know, like some stuff like that. I just, I want us to like, no, not be like, oh, you got to pay an exuberant amount, but also use your common sense. If somebody tell you they finna trademark for 250, I'm gonna need you to ask some more questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, they right. for $200. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, so I had an old coach, one of my first coach asked, you know, um, you know, do you want one dollar sushi, sushi or five dollar sushi? And you know, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna pay five dollars for my sushi because I'm not going out <laughs> like that. You know, what I'm saying? you know what you about to give you going for one dollar sushi. Good luck to you and God be with you because you don't know what's gonna happen right there. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, I've had this conversation so many times with people because they really—it's just amazing. And I think, yeah, I mean, there is that level of just understanding that I feel like would be really helpful. I have a right. whole again course that I teach called "How to Hire a Book Professional." We talk about all that. Where it's like, right. look, I understand you went on Fiverr and somebody said they was going to do X, Y, and Z for seventy-five dollars. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's not going to be the same. But you know what? You're broke. You do what you're going to do. I'm just, don't say you didn't know. Okay. And it's too funny because there's been times where it was like, because you know, the, the triangle, right? Where it's either you're, you know, worried about cost, you're worried about quality, or you're worried about speed, right? So when I run across people that are just concerned about cost, it cracks me up because what will happen is, 
Because I tell people, I say, look, you know, it doesn't look like we're going to be a good fit. We're a little high for you. But please let me know when the book comes out so I can support you by buying a copy. Okay. So I go and I buy a copy. And like this one guy, you know, it was between me and another place and they were just cheaper. We were both going to do the same stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was like, well, I'm going to go with them. They were they came a little bit under you. I said, OK, again, let me know when the book comes out. I want to support you with a purchase. I order the book. It comes in, child. It was bad. Like, it was bad. <laughs> and I felt sorry for him. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, I'm like, you just have a set limit. There's just like, I got to pay bills. This is all I got. This is my budget. Cool. Right. You know, I, I, can't, I can't, you know, it is what it is. But it just hurts my feelings so much when I see them pay less and get such an inferior product. And I know we could have done better than that. You know what I mean? It's just like, ah, yeah. it's just frustrating. Wait, yeah, Tanisha, did you leave a review? Say it again. And so I will get to his eventually, but when I get them, that's always the first thing I do is just open it and just look like scan right. it. And, and you could hardly read this book because they, the, whoever did the interior design had done it to the point where the words were so close to the middle of the book, you had to like break the spine to see. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't like, believe it. Yeah. No. no. I'm that's not trying. I'm trying. I think I like, do the same thing. So that's what that's another thing we got to stop saying, too, is, well, we do the same uh, thing. No, because you come with a level of excellence that this, apparently the people who think we all cross-eyed and want to read the book, you know, it's just fine. <laughs> You know, right. I'm just saying, like, we don't do the same thing as far as level of service and excellence, because there could be other girls and uh, men in this space that's doing virtual events, but you don't do it like me. Right. Right. So that goes back to the expensive thing, though. Mm -hmm. Like, for this guy who probably saw, right, your company, Tanisha, says, oh, that's, you know, that's too expensive. I'm going to go with this yeah. thing. But look at your return on investment. Like, how many readers will you not have, or reviews will you not have because they cannot read the book? Like, <laughs> you being nice, you being nice. You know, I gotta be the devil's advocate. It was boo. It was boo. And now you gotta pay somebody. Go back to my girl Tanisha. To get him and go to Shahara so you can sue them because this is <laughs> but you know, with those same people though, they don't, you know, what I'm saying they're not gonna be concerned about that, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, my thing was when I published my book, I paid this lady, which I felt a significant amount of money to do, you know, my cover and all that kind of stuff, and she did a terrible job, and we ended up having a falling out um over it. I ended up going to somebody else. She actually, to do my, because I was going to hire her to do my layout anyway, but she actually redesigned my cover very sweet for free. She ended up redoing it for free. It was, you know, so she tell me it was really sweet of her. But I say that because it was very important to me that whatever I put out be reflective of, oh, of me. You know, right, that yeah. was to me. I didn't really care if I was a bestseller. I didn't care, you know, if I sold a million copies, but 
if you bought this book, you was going and I had my name on it. I really cared about how it was going to look. I know that there are some people out there, especially with book. And I'm sure you know this too, Tanisha, that they just want to say that they got a book. But they don't care, oh, yeah. you know. what I'm saying the reflection that comes mm-hmm. back, you know. Thank you, book, and I'm like, yeah, you want me to hire you to do what? No, you know, <laughs> they don't. They don't see that connection. Yeah. They just see product. I just got it out there, and they don't really care about what what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You're not right. even looking at the people you serving, right? You know, like who wants to read your book, and you got to be like this trying to, <laughs> right? Yeah. Do that. Oh, girl, who messed up your book? You gonna do that to an attorney? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a mess. There is. Let's put it like this: there is growth opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the word. Yeah, growth opportunity. And the thing that's sad is, um, I know so. Tanisha, so my husband, my husband owns a bookstore here in Milwaukee, and he authors a lot of books, people with their books. And the sad thing is, like, I've heard of your story one too many times. Like, this is what this is what I mean. Like, there's growth opportunity that, oh, I can get this one over here for this price. Go ahead. That that. That just feels like something that is such a holdback for people and they don't necessarily realize it. And that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Right. So let's, let's get to this third word. Did we do the third word? I don't think so. No, we just did the second word. Okay. Third word. What you got? I had a hard time coming up with this. I'm going to be honest. Um, so my third word is never. And it's probably the same. I mean, yeah, I was struggling, y'all. So I was on the struggle bus with this. I'm not gonna lie. I it was never for me. Like I I I had to think about like what other words. Um, because sometimes you say stuff so much that you don't even realize, you know, what you're saying half the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. never is a word that um I have to I have to control myself on because it's in the same vein with can't for me in terms mm-hmm. of you know what I will allow myself to do. I'm never gonna do this, or I'm never gonna, you know, go that way. I'll never do that. And you know, that whole old saying, never say never. Um, you you just don't know where you're gonna be. So not to put a limit on yourself about what you will and you know won't do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had that one too. Same vein. I did. So, <laughs> um, again, this is another one that really I was pulling from my experience, you know, in addictions counseling, where it was always so hard for somebody who's sitting in front of me who has lost their children, their home, their job, their health there i mean just so much from this mm-hmm. disease and for me to be like well you know it's treatable like we actually you know can help you with this and uh uh-huh you know what i mean <laughs> because they've been dealing with it for so long so um that never say never thing just like mr Hara said is like per- that's it right there that's the summation of it it's there's so many times in my life there's so many times i've seen other people's lives i mean look at famous people how many times you hear that they you know we're like in their 30s as 
the gas station attendant or, you know, they didn't finish college or like they, they gone through, went through all these things that people think, oh, well, they'll never amount to anything. And now they're a billionaire. You know what I mean? So yeah, right. I very much, yeah, I try to, you know, encourage people not to even consider never. You know what I mean? Like it's just because you, you don't know unless you are psychic, Miss Cleo, you know, <laughs> you have no idea. Now so, she wasn't real. Just, <laughs> 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 a real Miss Cleo, right? If you're a real Miss Cleo. Right. And fine. But I don't know nobody like that. So my mm. thing is also like, and as you've been pointing out, Miss Candace, from a mindset standpoint, when you use words like never, you cut your potential off at the knees. That's mm. not fair to you. That's not fair to the people you help. That's not fair to your family. It's just not fair. Why mm. say never? You don't know, right? And so my fear, my concern when I hear people say that in regards to their situation or their hopes or their dreams is that you're going to live up to that expectation. If you say never, then it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like you just put a cap on it and you, and you just shut it down before you even make an attempt. And it's like, why, why are you doing this to yourself? You know? So yeah, never is a big one for me to just like, let's try to just keep that out of our vocabulary. It's about how, again, it's just let's find a way. And yes, it may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen in the next three days or whatever, but we can get it done. Case in point, I had a lady come to me. This is early on when I was still able to do payment plans this long. But she came to me and she's like, you know, I just have this dream. I really want to put this children's book out. Um, I don't know where to start and I know it's going to cost a lot of money, but I don't have a lot of money. So help me out here. And I was like, okay, here's what we'll do. We can do a payment plan. What can you afford every month? And it was some abysmally no, low number, right? I said, okay, I did the calculation. I said, okay, it's going to take about uh, about 18 months for us to get done with this. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to, if you want to do it like that and you can afford that and wouldn't you know what she did it because I say, oh well, no, that's gonna take too long. Bye, I go find somebody else. I said, okay, well, it's gonna take a while, but if you stick with me, I'll stick with you, and we can get it done, right? And she made that commitment every month, always paid on time, and we get and we knocked it out of the park, you know. But if if either of us had that mindset of never, we would it wouldn't have happened that I can see, you know. So yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah, and she had some willpower behind that. Mm -hmm. This was yeah. like, like, done like that. That goes a long way. You know, I don't know about anybody else, but <clears throat> I um that term never or the context. It doesn't even need to be that term. And I say this from a place of I've heard this even very recently from our younger generation. So your hmm. your twenty somethings, your coming out of high school, that type of thing. And that word or that attitude feels so rampant. Like that, oh, you know, I don't know if that could ever be me. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not just kind of like too bright in a way, so you know, wait, 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 I think a lot of those, but so I have a so I have my eldest son is 23. Now he's not a social media buff, he's not really on social media, so you know, he doesn't really kind of 
he's a, probably an outlier in terms of that generation. But I mean, I think that a lot of kids see so much on social media. They they are so much is thrown at them on social media. So much so much of it is this fake reality of have being a millionaire at 25 and you know you working for Google and you this whole status thing that right. it probably gives them you know, I'm probably, you know, diagnosing people I don't know, but, you know, Tanisha, stop me. Um, but, um, you know, this false sense of reality about where they should and shouldn't be in their lives at this particular point in time. I mean, mm -hmm. at 25, I was just coming out of law school and I barely had three cents to my name, you know, trying to find a job, um, you know, so to expect that you're going to be making six figures, you know, at 25 right. is a false reality. It's not you, that's that's a very small percentage of people that will and can do that. But because of social media, everybody's pretending like they can um, and they do. Mm -hmm. And I think it gives people this gives them a complex because, oh, I'm, I should be having that too, you know, and I don't. So then there must be something wrong with me. And I think that that's, you know, a false narrative um, that I think right. that we, um, for those of us that know better, have to show reality that that's most of that stuff is not real. And, you know, and I think, I think for me, it's just the, it's the side, the side piece of even in that type of situation for you to eat, even feel like, it was possible, even if it's distant, like for you to even feel like it was possible. But for those that just feel like that would never be my type of reality. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, or like, no, I'm, it gets back to Shahara when you were talking about broke and being a mindset mm -hmm. like that type yeah. of. Yeah, and I think though, you know, of course, you it comes it comes with the environment that you raised in, right? Mm -hmm. The belief that you know that there's you can only go this high, right? And you can't no matter what you do, you're gonna constantly hit, and especially for us is right, um, black women, um, for black men, we're constantly told this is as high as you can go. You can't go any higher than that. And if you're thinking you're going to go higher than that, it's a pipe dream, you know, or I'm going to do everything to, to break you down. And so we get conditioned um, in some ways to think that there's only so far that we can go. And so I and think- we glad we got that much. Right. It, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 And so I think that we have to do a better job, you know, um, of saying to young people that there is no limit. And I don't think that, um, and even with my generation, I'm Generation X, I even have to, you know, accept that there is no limit, that there's places we can go. You probably seeing they're probably seeing a bit more of it now than we did when we were younger. But I think that that is just a reality that in terms of society and what we're telling our kids and what we're telling kids that, that there's no limit. There's no way that you have to be in order to do that. You can rise as high as your mind will allow you to rise. Um, and I think that we have to you know, constantly say that um, over and over and over and over again. And hopefully, you know, as the generations come up, they'll begin to believe it and not see this limitation that's on their lives. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. And you know what, can we just clap it up for ourselves for a second? Because, right, thank you. That's <laughs> because when you think about it, like us in the conversation, as black female 
business owners, right? That alone is a category of possibility. And so that at least feels good that like we are like we are playing a major part in, in this evolution. Right. And that's that's awesome. Like nobody Yeah, knows. and I and I totally love seeing so in my space, um, when I started practicing, there were very few black women lawyers. Well, in general space, there's very few black women lawyers anyway. I think we're like less than 5% of the whole um, attorney population. Mm -hmm. But in business law um, specifically, there was like three. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, most of the people that I have dealt with and still deal with white men, you know, um, and occasionally mm -hmm. I come across black men, but there were very few. I, I do see now a whole lot more black women that are in this space and it makes me happy. Um, yeah. And it makes me happy to see, you know, um, black women um, being entrepreneurs, running businesses, starting their businesses, even though they don't get the funding, they don't have the VC, they don't, you know, they don't have all of these traditional ways they make it happen. And mm -hmm. I think that's just a testament to our spirit um, and I think it's a testament to the realities that we have seen that other people want to, like we were talking about, want to limit us. And we have said, no, I have higher potential than that. I have, I can go higher to that. I can't do it here. So I'm going to go elsewhere because I was one that I couldn't get a job, right, to save my life. I applied to every firm, corporation, government entity. Nobody would hire me like nobody. I've got like about two interviews out of, you know, like hundreds of things. I had to start my own practice. Um, right. And I know it's a lot of other people's story, you know, that's like that, where, you know, if you wanted to survive, you had to go out on your own and you had to make it work. And so mm -hmm. I think that that's just a testament to who we are as black women, that we've always been this great. Um, and it's, now that we're allowing ourselves to tell other people that we are great, because before I think we had to keep it quiet before the fear of somebody else trying to destroy you. Right. Mm -hmm. That's deep. Like preach. <laughs> That's that privilege. Right. And now we are dismantling that privilege. Like we always knew we had the power, but it was just something. It's just something about this year. Like we just got tired of seeing the foolishness going on. And it's like we're coming out in force. It's like we fierce as hell. You right. can't tell you can't tell me <laughs> I'm never gonna do right. <laughs> you know, whatever. Like we're not taking no prisoners, like straight up. People are coming out of the woodworks that have been on the scene for years and we've never years. seen them. Right, right. That's sad. That's sad. And I agree, Shahara, like we really have to get our youth. We really have to stop complaining because I'd be the first one talking about y'all just something wrong with y'all. Just sit down. <laughs> something wrong with y'all. We need to take them by the hand and right. show them the right way because my mom and dad you know god bless their souls they probably turn over in their grave like this girl ain't got no job right <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were raised i right. got out i right. got out got degrees and had a good job and they they child good and happy but if they were alive when you know i started you know being an entrepreneur they probably would have died right then <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to embrace right. uh, 
right. uh, if that's what happens. And I kudos to you both for just being like, I'm about to do my own thing. You're not finished to hold me back from doing nothing. I'm about to do my own thing. Absolutely. And I, you know what, just be, and, and we're close to, to, to wrapping here, but just on this topic. So, um, you know, us doing this show. So Keisha and I doing this show, we have gotten the chance to have our own eyes open to so many yes. magnificent black female business owners. Yes. I mean, magnificent, you all included. And so to stuff like that, like even to you, I say thank you, right? I, yes, I'm yeah. one of those people too, but we need to do more of the being out there with the voices and for others right. so that those young ladies come behind us or those that may not be young. They may just be thinking that the dream was impossible and they, you know, whatever age they are, um, to know that there is so much possibility. So, whew, that just gets me. They give me chills because I'm like, oh, I know people who they didn't make some money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, what, what I think I take away from it most, Candace, is mm -hmm. that people feel like when you hit you know them six figures? Oh, it's just cushy. Y'all just lay back in the shade. And every last one of y'all that came on this show and say, uh, you need to still work, boo. <laughs> like y'all done looking straight in the camera and say, you need to do your work. It don't stop. Yeah. It don't stop. No, never stops. Ah, I love it. So love at, it. at this point in time, Tanisha and Shahara. If people have been listening to this conversation, or even if they picked up maybe 30 seconds of it, they probably are already like, oh, how do I how do I get in touch with Tanisha or Shahara? How do I get that book written or how do I get some legal advice going on? So um, Shahara, we'll start with you. Let us know how people can get in touch with you. Um, so the best way is to go to my website, therightlawyer.com, and that's W-R-I-G-H-T. So that's T-H-E-W-R-I-G-H-T-L-A-W-Y-E-R.com. So you can go there. You'll um, see if you want to set up a 15-minute consult. You can do that. I have do free 15-minute um, consults. So that's available. Um, you can find me on Facebook at The Right Lawyer. Um, as well um, on LinkedIn, my company page is The Right Lawyer, and I just joined Instagram, y'all. So y'all, yeah, I'm, I'm still new. <laughs> but there, I'm the real Right Lawyer, because um, some other fake um, Right Lawyers kind of came up on there on Instagram. But the real Right Lawyer, still W R I G H T, um, on Instagram. Awesome sauce, Tanisha. How about you? So I'm at volopressbooks.com. That's V is in Victor, O is in octopus, L is in lemonade, O is in octopus, pressbooks.com. And on social media, it's just at volopressbooks, right? So it's pretty straightforward. Um, and again, literally, I do book coaching. I will help you with outlines, screenwriting, script editing, cover design, interior formatting the whole shebang. So whatever you need, we have a team of about 60 professionals that can help you out. Awesome. Y'all better stop going on Fiverr. Make sure your book is legible. Yeah. Looking in a similar book. That's not right. That's important. Keisha, 
Girl, 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 girl. Yes, Another Maya. good show. Yes. Another good show. You know, to add to the fold, like yes, yes. We are we are so excited that you all could take the time to be with yes. us. Like we sincerely appreciate and honor your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Mm -hmm. yeah, we certainly appreciate you all. Thanks, and we'll stay connected. Okay, cool. Bye. Have a good night, everybody. COVID-19 has really wrecked the event industry as well as it has affected businesses and companies that normally have in-person events. But I have a solution for you. It's called virtual events. And I know you've already heard about them, but you may be wondering if it's something that you should do. Well, I have a gift for you. I have a checklist of eight things that you should consider before you plan your next virtual event. It's really easy to get. Just visit bit.ly slash V-E-C-K-L-I-S-T. Again, that's bit.ly slash V-E-C-K-L-I-S-T.